Welcome back to another Real Anime Podcast. This is your host, Luke. Um, Today, we're going to be going over a couple things. We're going to be kind of going over some of the upcoming spring anime that will be coming out in April. Um, As well as, uh, I think I'm just going to go and do like a top 10 for my favorite personal anime. And then, of course, some of these spring animes that we talk about today... um, I haven't decided if I'm going to review too many of these. I'll probably end up watching them. There's only a couple that are really standing out as something I, that I want to watch. So um, let's uh, let's get right into it. So premiering April 6th, we've got Shield Hero season two. So this is probably one that I am going to watch. Um, I actually plan to start reviewing these light novels as well. This is a a really good show. I actually enjoyed the first season. The ending of the first season wasn't super great, but it but it wasn't bad either. It was it was kind of it it definitely was really strong to start out and kind of weakened as the season went on. But I still don't think it was a bad show. And seeing a season two, which I've heard is like this season is going to be filled with a ton of action. I mean, I've heard from people who read the light novel that these sets of light novels that they'll be covering in this season were actually like hard to read because there's so much action involved. So I am excited to see what exactly that's going to entail for the animation studio. So that is super exciting. And I'm assuming it's going to be another 24 episode season, just like season one was. It could, I mean, it might, it might be less. Um, they, they don't actually have like a listed amount of episodes that are going to be with it. Um, and then the next anime that's going to be appearing April 9th is going to be Kagesama Season 3. And of course, I mean, we all, like, if you've seen Kagesama, like, you know basically what it's about. And it looks like they're going to be adapting the full story because they're they're pumping out these seasons, you know, each season. So, I think if you're a fan of Kagesama, you don't got to worry that they're not going to adapt it. They're definitely going to adapt the full story. Um, as fast as this thing keeps getting renewed. So I'm, I'm sure the minute this one's over, they'll renew it for another season. Um, but I, I'm sure it's just going to be more building on the same the same thing and which character is going to break before the other character and who's going to eventually you know, completely fall for the other character. Even though they both fall for one another throughout the first two seasons, it's just a matter of which character is going to actually make that leap forward, right? So another another uh, show that's coming out on April 9th. And this is going to be Wit Studio and Cloverworks working on this one. Spy X Family. Spy X Family looks pretty cool. So if you haven't heard the synopsis on this one, this one is uh, basically just at a time when all warring nations were involved in a fierce war. Information happening behind closed doors. Astania and Westalis had been in a state of cold war against one another for decades. And then it's basically just telling the story of a family that comes together. And I guess they all have different um, jobs, you know, like one's an assassin, looks like. And they end up keeping, I guess, everything secret from each other. So I don't I don't know a ton about this show. I haven't, like, read the, the manga or anything like that. And, um, but... I've heard decent things 
from various uh, people that I've spoken with about Spike's family. So I will definitely be checking it out. It's a shonen, it's comedy, it's action. So it's probably going to be pretty good. Another show coming out on the 7th, and I'm guessing this is going to come out on Netflix. This is with Studio OLM. This is Komi-san Can't Communicate Season 2. I wasn't a huge fan of Komi, of Komi Can't Communicate. Um, to me, it was okay. I mean, she like she was really cute. She's a really cute character. When I saw it, I wasn't that impressed with it. I thought the animation was pretty solid, though. Um, I'll probably check out Season 2 eventually. Probably not something I'll check out Day 1. Definitely going to be checking out Shield Hero and Spy X Family to start out with. Even Kaguya-sama, I'm probably not going to watch that right off the rip. I'm probably going to let that go and watch it when it's all done. Um, I mean, I've watched the first couple seasons, but I don't feel the urge to watch season three right away, especially if it's just going to be more of the same. That's my biggest problem with shows like that. They keep renewing them for seasons, and it's just more of the same stuff. We also got Date... A live season four looks like honestly I don't know how this this show has continued to get uh, more seasons that is not something that I remotely have liked uh, date Alive is not one that I I think I got through season one and then I just dropped it because it's just it's literally the same every time <sighs> and yet they renew it for more stuff, which is just crazy to me. But you know, it is what it is. Now we got we got another show coming out. This one's gonna be coming out in April as well. It's called uh Shika Shikamori's Not Just Not Just a Cutie. And it's basically the ultimate heartthrob girlfriend appears. So it's about uh, it's about this naturally unlucky high school student whose girlfriend is a classmate. And she has this beautiful smile, kind personality, and always seems happy when she's with the main character. And she's a pretty cute and loving girlfriend. But when he's in trouble, she transforms into a super cool heartthrob girlfriend. The trailer looks, you know, interesting. Looks kind of funny. Um, check it out if you haven't seen the trailer for it. I think, I think it's going to be pretty good. I don't know if I'm going to watch that day one. But that's probably something I'll probably binge watch when all you know all 12 or all 13 episodes are done. Because I imagine that it's going to be a 12 to 13 episode anime. I can't see it being much more for season one. Um, then we got one that's done with Silverlink and Blade. That's the uh, studios working on it. And this one's called The Greatest Demon Lord is Reborn as a Typical Nobody. And honestly, like this one, just this one is another one that it's another isekai like anime, but it's not really an isekai. It's just like he's reborn. So, I, but I feel like reborn anime and isekai is basically the same thing. But the synopsis on this is just that the most powerful demon in history has felt that he's accomplished everything he could as a king because he was so alone due to how powerful he was. He he longs for like a simple life. So several millennia later, he is reborn as just this random villager, and in the future, but but way in the future, right? And um, but to his like dismay, the magical civilizations have declined like dramatically. So he's still overpowered, even though he tried to calculate his, I guess, 
life when he's reborn as to be weaker, he still turns out to be overpowered. So this is just another typical show where he's gonna, you know, he's gonna come in, be, o- be OP, have a harem. It's the same, it's the same idea every time. Like, that's the, that's another issue with a lot of these shows. They're just the same. More of the same. I mean, this is probably a show that I'll probably watch, but not gonna watch it day one or anything like that. Um, let me see. We also got Skeleton Knight in Another World. It's another new anime coming out. Synopsis is when this when the, when the main character wakes up, he discovers that he has been transported to another world in the body of the character he was playing in his game. Looking like a suit of armor on the outside and a skeleton on the inside, he is the skeleton knight. I'll probably watch this one, but it's going to be another most likely harem. Um, and probably going to be a lot like everything that gets released every year. So, I'm not exactly, like, super pumped about it. But, I mean, when life gives you lemons, you make lemonade, right? So, this is what this is what we got to watch. So, I'll probably end up watching that one. But I don't know if I'll watch it day one. And we got another anime coming out on the 5th of April. And this one's called I'm Quitting Heroing. This one actually sounds interesting because it's like the main character is, like... This overpowered character who, like, saves the world. And then he gets cast out by, I guess, the human race because he's so overpowered. So he ends up he ends up joining the demon army, I guess, to rebuild the demon army and start over. This one sounds interesting to me because it's like hero turned potential villain, maybe. So I'm probably... I'm, I'm fairly... I'm fairly down with this plot in comparison to some of the other ones. And then we've got a sentence of Brookworm, Brookworm part three coming out. I haven't actually watched a sentence of a bookworm, so I can't tell you much on that show, but um, I know it's popular. Clearly it has three seasons, so it's a fairly popular show. I've heard decent things about it. It's just not something I've watched, but if you're a big fan, season three is coming out. And we got another one coming out in April. And this was this was called a couple of cuckoos or something. And it's uh a couple of cuckoos. Mixed up with another family's child as a baby. A high schooler is finally meeting his biological parent. And apparently the the person he got mixed up with. I guess like they were they were supposed to go to different families or whatever, and they end up I guess falling for each other, or they end up well it says that they're supposed to end up being engaged to one another due to their families' agreeing agreement when they got switched at birth. Um, I, I don't know. I mean, I'm not gonna say it's bad, but I don't think it's gonna be just like the best thing ever, you know. Um. On to the next one. We got one coming out. Looks like April 2nd. This was called... Um, I can't... They don't have the name of it in English. So I'm probably going to really butcher this name. But it's like Aharan San Wa Hakaranai. And it's something about... Story follows the indecipherable daily life of the short and quiet Reina. 
and Raidu, who sit next to who sit next to one another in class. And apparently that the main character, I guess, is not so good at gauging the distance between people. And Raidu initially sensed some distance between the two of them. Then one day when Raidu picked up the eraser that the main character had dropped, the distance between them suddenly became uncomfortably close. From way too distant to way too close. The main that says Aharan is simply unpredictable. So another another like rom-com I'm sure where you know the two main characters are going to fall for one another and it's just going to have a lot of awkward moments with each other and by the end of it they'll be together um, just normal stuff right alright now we have this other this other show called Trapped in a Dating Sim the World of Otome Games is a Tough for Moms and this is just another isekai style show where and this is literally gonna be <laughs> this is absolutely a harem it says office worker leon is reincarnated into a dating sim video game where women reign supreme and only beautiful men have a seat at the table but leon has a secret weapon he remembers everything from his past life which includes a complete playthrough of the very game in which he is now trapped can Leon spark a revolution to change the new world order? Uh, you know, just another harem anime that's gonna, you know, he's gonna have probably five or six women pining, pining after him by the end of the thing. Um, don't know how old the main character is when he gets reincarnated into this particular game or whatever, but to me, just a lot of these shows are just the same. And that, and, and, and that's something that's like that's so frustrating with anime these days like there's just so many of these plots that are just the same and they're all harem based and very few of them have like legitimately good like really good stories or really good writing like some of them are, are like and i'm not saying they're all bad you know because you like what you like right but i just think that there's a lot of stuff that gets allowed for anime you know that that or gets allowed to be animated that you just know that they're never going to finish. There's no way that a lot of that even half these shows are probably going to get picked up on, right? Like some of them might be popular, but then it'll take years for another season to come out, and it's just I like I like I wish that they would focus on the shows that are really good and really focus their time in on those and finish those up, rather than just continually uh, popping out the same regurgitated storyline over and over and over and over you know um we got another one here called okay so this is season two of science fell in love so i tried to prove it i haven't seen season one i actually do kind of want to check it out though so i'll probably be checking season one out and if i like season one i might check out season two but again it's another show that i'm worried about if i've seen season one how much is season two gonna change the plot you know, it's just going to be two characters who have fallen for each other and they can't communicate their feelings very well. And it's just like going to be, you know, one awkward moment after another, after another, after another, leading to an eventual probably kiss or maybe them even dating. But I mean, how much of the story is really going to change between season one and two? And that's another thing, too. Sometimes you watch season one and it's hard to watch a season two of something whenever... You feel like you've already seen everything that the show has to offer, right? I prefer shows where I watch them, 
And I feel like by continuing to watch him, the show is going to continue to change and gradually grow up and, and add more characters and add new situations and really just change the way the anime feels as each season, you know, goes through. And the show is where I watch a season and they feel like, well, if they do a season two, it's just going to be more of the same. I, I think that's why Kaguya-sama is not one of my favorite animes, right? Kaguya-sama is a pretty good show, but I mean, once you've seen season one, you've pretty much seen them all. And I know they add different characters in season two and they change a few things here or there, but for the most part, it's the same concepts every, like every time. So then we got one I'm really looking forward to. This is going to be Studio Bind, as everybody knows, because my channel, or my, not channel, my, my podcast has been focusing a lot on Mashoko Tensei. I am excited about the OVA coming out March 16th. This is going to be the, the Eris Goblin Slayer OVA. Super excited for this, because this is, you know, going to pick up some storylines from the, from the light novel that weren't adapted into the original anime. And so fans of the show, like, look out for this one. This is going to be pretty good. And, uh, you know, just to reiterate again, we do know that Mishoko Tensei is getting another season. So this is super exciting um, as a big fan of the light novel. So please support this show because I really want more of this show. This is one that is so, so good. Like Mishoko Tensei is such a good show. And I know not everybody may feel the same, but I mean, from the world building aspects to the fact just how the show is, it, it is such a good show. So look forward to the OVA coming out and, you know, support the official release and all that fun stuff, right? And then be looking forward to season two. Um, let's see. We got another show here. The Dawn of the Witch. Is, uh, somebody can't remember who he is. He, he wants to know who he is. The main character is a student at a magic academy who has no memories of anything from before he joined the school. Not understanding why he's there, the time he spends at the academy feels hollow and empty. And since he doesn't know how to work hard, his grades are always the lowest in his year. Then one day, the headmaster, Albus, orders the main character to participate in a dangerous special training. He says, I want you to spread the use of magic in an area where they hold witch hunts. It has only been a few years since the war between the church and the witches came to an end and the world has not yet fully accepted witches and their magic. This is the dawn of the age of the witch. This is the story of how a young man, a boy who is no one special, and his companion, who all hold wounds in their heart, set out and end up finding themselves. This is appearing on Crunchyroll. I'll probably end up watching this one, but again, it's probably going to be one of those where I wait until it's you know completed, and then I'll watch you know the, the full first season but that one sounds interesting it's probably still going to be another harem most likely as most shows are these days they're all kind of the same but again um i'm hoping that you know i do like the sound of that show so we'll see we'll see it's based off a light novel light novels are typically pretty pretty solid to base a show off of so excited to excited to get into that one Let's see. Then we've got Love After World Domination. This is April 6th. Comes out. Uh, and this is just... series follows Fudo and Decimi, the leaders of heroic and villainous organizations, respectively. 
Can their love survive eternal battles when no one wants world peace and the other when one wants world peace and the other wants world domination? So this looks like, you know, the typical Romeo Juliet style show where, you know, they're on separate ends of the spectrum, they're gonna fall in love with each other, and then can they get past their differences and all that stuff? I mean it says it's an etchy, so it's probably gonna be full of like you know, boobs in the face and panty shots and awkward moments and situations and all that stuff. See, this is just another example of a show that is so much the same as the others. Like, I know the plot, you know, has minor differences, but I mean, it's the same, basically the same thing. Let me see. Then we've got Summertime Render. By the way, this is going to be on Disney+. Plus. I don't know if you guys have Disney Plus or not, but if you do, you might uh, have to check it out. I've heard that Summertime Render is pretty violent, so I'm curious to see how Disney Plus handles that. Because Disney, Disney Plus, I feel like, in America at least, is very PG-13, PG, you know, like at the most. Having a show that seems to be as violent as this one not not too sure how Disney's going to handle that. I also don't know how they're going to distribute it. Are they going to drop it like Netflix? Will they drop all like 12 or 13 at a time? Are they going to do weekly? Not actually sure. We'll have to see. We got another one coming out in April called The Executioner and Her Way of Life. It says an interdimensional travel when interdimensional travelers from an otherworldly land known as Japan appear they often bring death and destruction it's up to executioners like minnow to track and exterminate the lost ones before they wreak havoc when minnow encounters a the bulging lost one named kari it's blood it's bloody business as usual until minnow discovers a kari can cheat death even so minnow has a job to do and she is committed to her executioner's mission come hell or high water provide her newly stirring feelings Provided her newly stirring feelings don't get in the way. So this is another one where she's basically like an assassin essentially out to kill people who I guess get reincarnated into their world and then she's going to fall for the main character, right? Um, so, man, there, there's a bunch coming out, dude. Let me see. There's another one coming out. The Demon Girl Next Door 2. Which I haven't seen Demon Girl Next Door Part 1, so... So if you're excited about that show, it's coming out. Slice of life. Let me see. We've got... <coughs> hmm. Let me see. Yeah, there's a bunch. There's a bunch of new shows coming out. Holy crap. Let's see, we've got this one. It's a movie. We've got a movie coming out in uh, April. It's called Bell. So that'll be... That'll be interesting. Um, says a 17-year-old schoolgirl lives with her father in the village surrounded by nature in this uh, prefecture. After her mother died in an accident when she was a little girl, Suzu offers to love singing with her... Suzu used to love singing with her mother more than anything else, but after her death, she has not been able to sing. Writing songs is the only thing that gives Suzu any comfort. And then so... It looks like just your typical typical romantic fantasy music type show 
Um, we got a sports. Let me see. No, that's not coming out. That's coming out. Winner. We've got Don't Hurt Me, My Healer. So this is like a fantasy and adventure comedy starring a dark elf who invested too much in her insulting skills and Alvin, a swordsman who has to put up with her antics. So I guess this is going to be like she's a really bad healer and instead of doing her job in the party, she's just really bad at it. <laughs> so that'll be... That'd probably be pretty funny. I'm not sure if I'll watch it day one or anything, but it probably be pretty good. Yeah, and a lot of these shows, I don't usually watch day one unless they're really, like, like unless I'm really invested in the show. I won't watch it day one. I always wait until the season's over. I'm more of a binge watcher than I am week-to-week watcher. I only watch certain shows week-to-week. And if I really like the show, I'll read, like, the, the novels and stuff. Um... There's a whole bunch more coming out. I'm not even going to go over them all. But there's there there's a lot of anime. Those are just some of the ones that that I noticed here that are coming out. But there's there's a whole bunch. This is insane. Dude, like we got another odd taxi coming out in the woods. It's a movie. It looks like they're going to be reconstructing the TV anime as well. So if you've already seen the anime, I'm not sure if the movie's worth it. But it does say it's going to depict what happens after the anime finale. So, might be worth it if they're actually going to give us some new content. If you're a big fan of Odd Taxi, which I know a lot of people are, it's probably going to be pretty decent. But, yep. I mean, there's other stuff like mixed in here as well, but... Yeah. That's... I don't know, man. Like, the, like a lot of the anime... It's just so much the same that it's just... It's crazy. But I am looking forward to Shield Hero. Big time. Like of, like most of the shows that are coming out, I think Shield Hero is probably my most anticipated to watch. Aside from Shoko Tensei, the OVA when it comes out, I can safely say that I'm pretty I'm pretty excited about Shield Hero. I'm also a little, I'm also a little intrigued by the... Uh, that he the the anime about the guy who gives up being a hero to turn I guess villain that's gonna be kind of cool because I mean typically it's always you know the like the villain gives up being the bad guy and becomes a good guy or or the hero beats the demon lord and becomes the savior of the whole world or whatever and is you know loved and all this stuff and then but in this one it's like he's gonna get he's gonna get thrown to the curb after he beats the demon lord so I'm curious to see what what's gonna happen in there and then and why they would throw him to the curb like he must have been so overpowered that he scared the living crap out of every like every normal human out there and i guess all the kingdoms band together to like kick him out but anyway those are just some of the spring animes coming out there's there's a whole bunch i mean you can literally google you can go to like spring 2022 anime chart like livechart.me and it'll show you everything coming out spring 2022 It'll also show you some stuff coming out winter and fall. But, um, you know, it looks like Crunchyroll is going to be packed with stuff. I know High Dive's getting a couple couple anime as well. If you don't have a High Dive account, you can probably pirate it. Even though I don't think you should do that. It's not really fair to High Dive. But, I mean, if, if there's anything that you want to, you know, check out, like, 
probably need to go ahead and try to get a high-dive account. Um, Disney Plus is obviously getting an anime as well. Like I said, when it comes to Disney, I'll be curious to see how they actually do the show. Are they going to completely follow like the manga? If it's violent, are they going to show everything? Or are they going to censor a bunch of stuff? Or, you know, what? And then the other thing is, like, how are they going to distribute it? Like, are they going to pull the Netflix treatment and withhold the 13 episodes for, you know, 13 weeks and then drop it all at once? Or are they going to drop it one week at a time? Because I know Netflix started doing, like, a little more, like, weekly releases, so... It's not like Netflix has completely stuck to their way they've done it. They have adapted. Because I know a lot of people were wanting, you know, more week-to-week adaptations from Netflix. And so I know in a couple shows they've done that. But shows like Comey Can't Communicate, you know, they still drop, you know, all 13 or whatever at once. So we'll see. Uh, But anyway, if, if there's anime that you're looking forward to... Comment below. Tell me what you're looking forward to. Tell me what shows you're really excited about. Maybe we'll be reviewing some of them. Like I said, it really just depends for me personally if I am super invested in the show. I'm way more invested in Shield Hero, so I'll probably be reviewing Shield Hero for sure. And looking forward to that. And I definitely want to start reading the light novel soon. So maybe I'll probably end up reviewing that and start reading the novel. That's probably what I'm gonna end up doing um all right so now i want to get into my personal favorite anime i'm not gonna do like a full like top 20 or anything like that and rating anime is actually really difficult because there's so many good shows that have been made in the past and there's a lot of good shows that do prop up you know here there i mean you always have like a really good show that crops up from this you know seasons and it, it but, but it's always hard for me to give them a top top spot it really has to it really has to affect me like in a different way for me to give it a top spot um the show has to be like phenomenal and really well done and you know if i find myself drawn into the show enough to like want to go read the novels and all the stuff like that 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 can potentially give the show like a top spot for me so there may be some stuff that i leave out of my top 10 and that's okay because again it's my top 10 and everyone's gonna have a different top 10 okay and at the end of the day like some people are gonna think some shows are overrated some people will think other shows are maybe underrated and i also have a nostalgia feel with shows like if certain shows hit me from like a nostalgia point of view um i may rank them you know slightly higher if i was to do like a full top like 20 or even top 30 but anime is just really difficult to rank like i've been thinking about how i would actually rank a top 10 and i tried you know throwing shows into s tier ranks throwing shows into a b c d all these different ways to do it but i think I think the easiest way for me to start out my top 10 is I think number 10 for me has to be um, Cowboy Bebop. Okay. Cowboy Bebop 
is like one of the shows that will always be somewhere in my top 10. Currently, it's number 10 because there's been some, you know, other shows that I think are just, you know, slightly better. But Cowboy Bebop has a special place in my heart because it's one of the shows that got me into anime. I remember when I was a kid and Cowboy Bebop came out and it's so like heavily stylized with the jazz music and Spike and Faye and, you know, and Ed and like all the main characters and the little Corgi dog. Like, that show is awesome, right? And to me, it's like one of those shows that was instrumental to like really bringing anime to like a, to the forefront in America. Like, I know there's been other shows that are really important. You know, I mean, you could argue, you know, Dragon Ball, Dragon Ball Z, all that stuff. But I mean, Cowboy Bebop, dude. Like, I remember watching that on Toonami and just being blown away. Trigun is another one that's kind of like in that same vein. But I just think Cowboy Bebop is just a better show. I wasn't a huge fan of the Netflix uh, live action Cowboy Bebop. So we're going to get that out of the way right now. I'm not saying that they did bad. I think they, I think the Netflix adaptation captured like the spirit of Cowboy Bebop, but ultimately, like I don't think it was where it needed to be to be like successful mainstream. But the anime is its own little beast, and it's been it's been kicking for like a long, long time, right? And it's still going strong today. Like you know, you go to Comic Cons and you see Cowboy Bebop merch and people dressed up as Spike and people dressed up as Faye all the time. Like it, like that that show just has staying power. And it's it's such a good show. And I think what really leads what really makes the show so good is is the music. Cuz the music you get this like spaghetti western vibe to the show. Yeah, it's futuristic, but it feels like modern, but it's not. And at the same time you get this <clears throat> You get this jazzy feel. You get this jazzy feel to it. And it's just... It's just an excellent show. I mean, really... Cowboy Bebop is awesome. And if you haven't seen Cowboy Bebop, you should, you should definitely check it out. I'm not going to say it's a 10 out of 10. It's not a perfect anime. And there are plenty of shows that are arguably better than Cowboy Bebop. But I think it's a nostalgia feel for me. The 90s... Being a 90s baby myself, like, that particular show just has a special place in my heart. Um, and then we're going to go to number nine. And I definitely think Neon Genesis Evangelion is number nine um, for me. It's another, another great freaking show. Um, that show has ramifications even today. I mean, they've made movies about it. They've, you know, they finished the storyline. It is, it is just another fantastic, like, future-filled, like, mecha, you know, world, like, end-of-the-world feel. Like, it really explores, like, the psychological effects on people. And, it, it, dude, it, it's, if you haven't seen Neon, Neon Genesis, like, check it out. That show is a classic amongst all anime enthusiasts, right? And, again... There may be shows better than that, but from a nostalgia point of view and the importance of that anime for um, solidifying like anime in like America, like Neon Genesis is a big deal for me, right? Because I remember watching that when I was younger and I thought, dude, this this is awesome. This is the bomb. 
Neon Genesis is so freaking cool. And I didn't even understand fully Neon Genesis when I was a child. Like when I first watched it, I got, you know, like I understood parts, I think, but you know, when you rewatch it when you're older, you see things in that show that you never would have gotten as a child. And I'm not gonna spoil anything for you, but there's just lots of stuff that's happening in that show that you get a different vibe from when you're older. And that, to me, adds like a whole nother layer to Neon Genesis, right? So that, that, that to me, is my number nine. Um, and now we're going to go into number eight. Okay, this may be controversial, but hear me out. I used to have, like, Clannad in my top ten, okay? Because that was a show I watched, you know, when I was growing up. And I thought the show was super, super well done. It had, you know, heartfelt story. It was sad. Um, but, you know, honestly, like, I think Horimiya would be my next one. So, my number eight is Horimiya. Now, Horimiya was surprisingly really good. Okay? I know it's short. I don't think they're going to do any more. Because I feel like they wrapped up everything they could have done. I don't think there's going to be another season. And from what I remember about the manga, I think they, <coughs> I think they wrapped pretty much the whole story up in those like 13 episodes. They, I mean, they, they, they I think they skipped like a little bit, but it wasn't anything that was too bad. There may be more to the story. I like it's been a while since I've actually checked out the manga, so there may be more to the story. But for the anime, for like what it was, that is such a well done like relationship in general, right? The two characters fall in love with each other. They don't freak out about it. They just date one another and they continue living their normal, like everyday high school lives, but they're not, but they're not super awkward with each other. Whenever something happens with one of the characters, you know, they, they talk about it. They don't like immediately play the blame game with each other or get super hyper jealous over one another. They they literally talk through their problems. That to me is such like something that most anime just don't have and they never get there with a lot of the romance stuff. You get a lot of teases, a lot of like panty shots and boob shots and a lot of like, like you might get a kiss here or there and you might get some like, you know, adult themed things that might happen in a show. But really, you don't get that actual, this is a legitimate relationship feel, right? And Hormia gives you that. So from that standpoint alone, as far as like a romance goes, like it has that like that to me is in is in the top ten because I haven't seen very many romance shows that are better than Hormia. Like Clannad is really freaking good, and that's why I say like that used to be maybe in my top ten a long time ago. But I, you know, for me, I think Hormia just you know beats it, and it, like it, it is it is really really good all right now on to number seven okay so again i'm just going to tell you now that i prefer you know your action-based stuff over you know most type i guess genre i like action i like fantasy i don't mind like romance and stuff if it's good right hence why horror me is in my top 10 but for my number seven I would definitely have to put JoJo's Bizarre Adventure in for number seven. JoJo's Bizarre Adventure is 
is so freaking good, right? The like the world building in JoJo's is so unique because it's like cross generational. Like one generation passes it to the next, and it just continues this epic story from the beginning. You know, you get Jonathan Joestar or whatever his name is, then you get Joseph Joestar, and it just continues to go from there. And even like the current. The, the current season that's airing on or that's on Netflix right now it, like I love it right now I haven't read much of the manga or anything but I've heard nothing but great things about the manga for Jojo's and the show has been stellar for a long time the only my only biggest critique with Jojo's is I think that very first that very first season definitely is not the best right but man like once you get going and you get past that i think i think it really shines in that second season and then from then it's just like a, a wild ride it just gets better and better and better and better and better right and so that's one again that has meant a lot to the anime community in general you go to comic con there's always you know jojo's bizarre adventure memorabilia everywhere right i love that show so if you haven't seen that show, definitely check, like check it out, right? Now we're going to go to number six on my list. And this one again is going to be another shonen like show. Um, but I think like I'd be remiss to not have it on the list because it really is a good show. I have a ton of complaints about this show in particular. But I can't not have it on my top 10, right? So number six is going to be Hunter x Hunter, okay? Hunter x Hunter is a fantastic show. I have complaints about the show. But as far as what they, you know, and, and I'm just going to tie it in like the, the, the remake and the original together in one, right? So I remember watching the original when I was a kid and then seeing how MAPPA like remade it and you know remastered it basically and, and just did a cut a lot of you know stuff out of it and just kind of streamline the story a little bit they did such a good job on, on hunter hunter the music is fantastic in hunter hunter the the characters are good in hunter hunter like togashi writes hunter hunter so well you know and they even they even came up with a good ending in the anime for hunter hunter there are gripes about stuff with Hunter x Hunter that I don't like. Like, I'm not the biggest fan of the Khmer Ant Arc. I don't think it's like cancer or anything. I Like, I don't think the Khmer Ant Arc is horrible. I didn't love it, but I don't think it's horrible, right? But the way they ended the show with, you know, Gon finally meeting his father. I mean, it, like, like, it felt like a conclusive ending, right? And I can accept where they stopped Hunter Hunter at. I think my biggest gripe with Hunter Hunter is just that Togashi just won't finish the manga. Cause I want more story from Hunter Hunter. Like I want more like I want to follow Gene around and find out like what he's doing, right? On the Dark Continent and all this stuff. Like I want to know. You know? And Togashi just won't finish the like the manga. And I know he's got health problems and all this stuff. I think that's why I can't ever put, I, I can't and won't put Hunter x Hunter in my top five because 
it's never truly going to get a real ending. So I have to accept the anime's ending, which Studio Mappa did a great job with the show. So I'm not, I'm not mad about the anime. I think just in general, the series in general, manga included, frustrates me because I want more and they never gave me more. And it's, it's just upsetting, right? I mean, they gave us a movie, whatever, but I mean more like manga content. I want more of that animated, right? And when I, you know, continue to read the manga and caught up to where they're at now, and he's been on hiatus for like three years now or something, it's just depressing because he is such a good mangaku and man, like you're just sitting on just a wasted, wasted potential of that show. And 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 just the the story in general just feels feels like there there could be so much stuff that we could get from it and we just not getting it. But again, I can't argue the fact that the anime was fantastic. Right? And overall, even the little stuff that annoyed me about the show, like I absolutely came to love and adore by the end of the show. Gone and Killua together are amazing. Like, I do like Hunter Hunter a lot. Um, you know, I don't love Hunter Hunter like to the same degree. Like I hear some people when they put it like in the top three anime of all time or something. I, you know, I'm not gonna go that far or anything. But I mean, I'm gonna put it at number six, and we're gonna go from there. Number five. This is actually gonna be a tie for me. So hear me out. Haikyuu and Ace of Diamond. Or Diamond, no Ace. First of all, these are tied to me for number five. They are fantastic sports animes. So I know you're going to have your, your your camp of people that love Hajime no Ippo. And maybe, you know, a few other sports anime that are like Slam Dunk or something. That is like really good. And you might have your weird people out there that like Kuroku's Basketball, right? But... Honestly, like as far as sports anime goes, Haikyuu and Ace and Diamond No Ace are just the cream of the crop for me. The 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 mangas for both of these are fantastic. The the the, the artist who's you know working on these two, they they do such a good job. And I know Haikyuu's finished, and we want more Haikyuu, obviously for the anime, and we want more Diamond No Ace for the anime as well. At least I do. I I get those because I played a lot of sports when I was in high school and you get like it gives you those vibes that you remember when you played sports in high school you know these shows may not be for everybody and they may not be in everybody's top 10 and that's totally fine for me but these shows have a special place for me because I remember, you know, competing against other schools, the rivalries that you felt, the training that you go through. And these people are like normal people. They're not super powered. They're just like regular high school students and they're trying their best to be the best for their school and trying to make it to, you know, the their their version of state, right? Or their, you know, they're, they're trying to make to the coaching tournament or, or whatever you want to call it. Like, they're trying to make it to the top. And Haikyuu and Ace of Diamond are just excellent examples 
of all those feelings that that, that that you got in high school regarding sports, especially if you're a big fan of sports. I mean, overall, like, I I absolutely love Haikyuu, and I love Diamond Noise. Those two shows are a 10 out of 10. Now, I'm a little biased with Diamond No Ace because I know Diamond No Ace is kind of slow, slow, like slower paced. Um, the matches feel, you know, pretty like drawn out. But man, I mean, like the manga is so good that like between the manga and the anime and the way the anime adapted the manga, like they, they, they did so, so good. And I and like I like I love it, you know. It's rare when you watch, like for me, it's it's weird because you watch Haikyuu and you watch Domino Ace and you end up like rooting for these teams. They're like fictional teams and you're like rooting for them the way you do when you watch like some random sport on TV, right? Like you watch your favorite football team or favorite soccer team or favorite basketball team or favorite hockey team and you're like root or your favorite baseball team and you're rooting for these like real teams, right? But I get that that feeling with these two shows and that's something that's like special to me right because that just shows you how good the shows are and how much training they put in to get where they're at and you know when they go from like the first season and they don't you know they're they're not very good or they're, they're they they have a lot of hidden talent and then they develop that talent throughout the show and when you get to you know the big tournament or the big you know rematch or whatever it may be your favorite characters get to shine and it is is so good it's heartwarming it like makes me smile every time i'm watching haikyuu like i've i've, I've rewatched haikyuu like four times every time i watch haikyuu like i'm always like biggest smile on my face because that show is so good right and not to show yo and uh kageyama and you know all the different characters on there I absolutely like love like the characters. I, I I love the story. It's so good. And the same with Domino Ace. You know, you you're following um what's his name? Samura Sa Samura Asian, right? You're following him around. And he's, you know, this is this pitcher, and he has to put in all this effort. He's a left-handed pitcher, he has to put in a ton of effort. There's other left-handed pitchers that are better than him. And he just puts in so much work and so much effort. It's like heartwarming to watch because if you played sports, you know what it's like to see other people who are playing your position and they're better than you. And it, it drives you to like perform better and play better and to be clutch under pressure and all this stuff. And, and they nail that in both those shows. So because of that, I got to put that tied for number five. All right. These, and again, I'm going to go ahead and rank my top five as far as like what I would rate these shows. If you haven't seen Haikyuu and Domino Ace, they're both, in my opinion, 10 out of 10. Like you could argue that maybe Domino Ace is not a 10 because, you know, pacing. So you could say maybe it's a 9 out of 10, but the spirit of the show is equivalent to me to the same spirit that you find in Haikyuu. So I'm gonna give them both a 10 out of 10. Like you need to watch these shows. They're 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 so good. Okay. So number four. So number so number four is Violet Evergarden. Violet Evergarden, I know it's not like action-packed, and it's not 
I know I said earlier that I do prefer a lot of action-packed shows, and I do. Um, I do like action, adventure, fantasy, all that stuff. But Violet Evergarden is so good. And the animation is is god-tier. Okay, Kiro Annie is the people who animated Violet, Violet Evergarden. And I absolutely love that show. The movie was fantastic. The... Oh, man. Like, the overall story is just... It is so beautiful that it's hard for me not to put it as one of the best things I've ever seen. Like, it is a visual feast for the eyeballs. Like, every episode that comes out, or that I saw, was perfectly well done. And, you know, I'm not... Like, again, if you haven't seen the show, check it out. I, I don't want to spoil it for everybody, but it is it is such a good, like... Like, feel-good... Well, it's not really feel good, but there's a lot of like stuff in the show. It's hard. It's really hard to describe without going into too many spoilers. But that show to me is one of the best like shows that I've ever seen to this day. You can rewatch that show and it's still beautiful and it still rings home every time you watch the show. The story just is fantastic from start to finish. The movie's fantastic. Like there's just there there was nothing bad about Violet Evergarden. Number three on the list is FMA Brotherhood. Okay? Probably everybody probably can can expect me to have potentially this as some, like somewhere in my top, you know, five. But like FMA Brotherhood is, is just it's so good. Okay? First of all, it's a female a female mangaka that, that wrote the that, that wrote the manga, by the way. So this is this is this is an example of like a show where it's written dark and gritty and the action is insane and like the story is so streamlined and well put together and it was done by like a female mangaku and she did so freaking good this is one of the best shows of all time right and of course the original full my alchemist run i remember watching that and you watch the movie conquer shambhala and they tried to like retcon a bunch of stuff between those two sets of series but anyway though that was not all that great although i did enjoy the conqueror shambhala movie i thought it was well done but when they came out with fma brotherhood it that that shit hit different that 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 show was built different from day one i mean it followed the manga it was concise it was it was sweet it was just like a it was a simple like like they didn't deviate from the story they just plowed right through and they wrap it up in like, you know, 54 episodes or 52 episodes, whatever it was. And it's literally great. Edward and, and Alphonse Elric are fantastic main characters. Winry is a fantastic uh, female, like, side character. Slash lead, I guess. She's kind of like a lead character. But, yes, she's not. But anyway, she's like the love interest for, you know, Ed. And, I mean... <laughs> The, the like like the overall idea of the show like with alchemy and equivalent exchange and the different alchemists that come in with different powers it is so good like Roy Mustang is one of the best most iconic characters you know in my opinion you've got you know Armstrong you've got all the homunculus who are like based off the seven deadly sins you know like greed lust wrath pride you know envy all that stuff gluttony but really the show is fantastic 
And this is a 10 out of 10. You know, by the way, Violet Evergarden was also a 10 out of 10. Okay. These are just must-watch shows. If you haven't seen these shows that are in this like particular top five, like I highly suggest watching them. They are they they are fantastic. Okay. So without spoiling anything more about Full Metal Alchemist, like it is definitely a, a, a top tier show. Okay. It always will be. I don't I, I just I just don't think very many shows will ever overtake FMA. It has to be a really special show in my personal heart for me to overtake FMA. Because FMA, I think it'll always be, you know, it, like it's a lot like Cowboy Bebop. It'll always be in the top like 10. For me, it's always going to be in my top five because I love that show. The music was good. The openings were good. The soundtrack, just everything about that show was fantastic, you know. The, the, like the moment with, with Roy Mustang when he says, you know, it's, it's too bad it's raining today. And he's crying like, oh my God. Like that, that whole scene, you know. Man, so good. Such a good show. Number two anime of all time. Again, probably controversial. Everyone has their own opinions. But for me, number two of all time is One Piece. One Piece is part of the original Big Three. And as everybody knows, you know, it follows the story of Monkey D. Luffy trying to become the Pirate King, trying to find Gold D. Rogers' like treasure that he left in one place, right? Now, to get this out of the way, I read the manga weekly for One Piece. Okay? And I've I've watched the anime since like 2009. I've watched the anime. I started reading the manga like probably like four or five years ago and got you know all the way caught up and I was reading week to week and I'm still reading week to week now I definitely don't like follow the anime as much like I still watch the anime don't get me wrong um but I I follow the the manga more than the anime but I do like like to binge watch um One Piece so what I typically do is I let it get you know 20 episodes ahead and then I'll take a weekend and I'll binge watch One Piece. And I'll watch like 20, 25 episodes and I'll catch up. So, to like to me, One Piece is, is fantastic. The world building in One Piece is like no other. There's, there's only one other anime, and it's my number one, that has equivalent world building to One Piece. Okay? But I, but I will say from like a world building perspective, One Piece is one of the best written shows. The show, the like, like the like the world feels alive, right? Luffy's not running into people that you know he just met all the time. He meets somebody, he goes many many islands away, several you know months, several years, whatever it may be away, but he doesn't like run into these same sets of characters all the time. He may run into like you know a, a, like like a fan favorite character sometimes. But there's so few and far in between that the world feels big because of it, right? And I know the thousand plus anime episode show, and it's a thousand like forty something manga chapters in, thousand forty three, I think manga chapters in currently. So obviously the world's gonna feel big, right? But man, is it like the like the show? To me is not always dependent on Luffy. There's there's so much stuff happening outside 
of what Luffy can control that it just adds to that feeling of that, that the world's big, that it's continuing to rotate with or without Luffy. If Luffy's not part, if he's not a part of the, like something that the world government is doing or whatever, like the, like the world's still spinning. People are still making decisions that are going to affect Luffy later, or they may not affect him directly, but they're going to affect somebody. And it just continues to add to that, right? Luffy is one of my favorite anime protagonists. He's, you know, he's an idiot. You can, you can make fun of him for his weird-looking character design and his, you know, funny fruit and everything he's got going on. But Luffy is such a good character. He's so well written, and you can see his growth from episode one or the first manga chapter to where he is now. His growth is, it, it is indescribably great. Like he, he has grown so much as a character. And his personality even has has taken the form of like what we expect to see from like the King of the Pirates, right? Just how he is with his crew, how he is with people he meets, that respect that he garners. Man, such a good show. Music is good. Some of my favorite like uh, themes and stuff are from One Piece. Some of my favorite like openings and endings are from One Piece. I also love the idea that they don't really have an ending anymore. They just, like in the anime, they don't really do endings. They just do um, openings. But what they do is they just do the full, like, two-minute, 42-second or three-minute song. They do the whole song rather than just a minute 30. So, I mean, I personally think that's cool. It's still not my favorite way that... I think they should do openings. Um, my number one show has, I think, the best way to do an opening and ending, for that matter. But um, you know, One Piece is 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 really is really freaking good. Like the like the cast of characters, the fact that Oda can write, you know, ten crew members, potentially eleven later on. Spoiler, but and 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 still like write a, like a full filling story that never feels like convoluted like they all feel necessary his entire crew feels important i mean it's one of the few shows where you literally watch it and you cry over a ship i mean it is a shonen and you're like there's no way i'd be crying over a ship i i beg to differ you will be crying over a ship right and there's there's just so much to it and i remember when i first watched Got, or got into One Piece when I first started like watching it. I struggled for like the first, you know, little bit of the show. But man, like when you get to Arlon Park, the first major arc where they fight somebody that's like a big bad villain. Man, that show, that that show hits different. And Oda, Oda shows his like writing muscles. You know, he flexes right. And from then on, you're hooked. And, I mean, you can criticize the show for maybe being a slow starter and people criticize the anime all the time for pacing. But I just mean as a story in general, anime, manga together, it is my number two anime of all time. Um, I think it's a 10 out of 10. Oda, Oda is one of the best uh, manga artists out there. This man has been planning stuff since, like, chapter 385. And he's been writing stuff in the story, foreshadowing events to come, and little things that, like, you don't catch up on. I mean, even his cover stories have 
stuff that is pertinent to what's going to happen later, right? And he never gives stuff away, but yet he's always giving stuff away. But you, but it requires like so much knowledge of like Japanese culture to pick up on the the clues and the hints that he's giving away. And the anime is fantastic. Like I said, the anime has its problems, sure, but it it has been very good, especially since we've kind of come into the dawn of anime as far as like how stuff's animated nowadays. Like the current Wano arc is one of the better animated arcs for like for One Piece. And I can argue that there are times with on the Wano animation that I'm like, whoa, that that stuff looked clean, right? It's not every episode, but I mean, it's hard to and like like a show that comes out weekly where they have to constantly animate the show and they're expected to pump out like a weekly episode. I mean, I'm amazed that they keep the quality where it's at considering that they're pumping out weekly episodes. Like I expect, you know, when you watch like My Hero Academia, I expect that stuff to look good. I expect uh, some, you know, random seasonal show that's only airing for, you know, 13, 14 episodes, 24 episodes maybe, to look pretty dang good because they're gonna they're gonna go hard for, you know, 24 weeks or whatever, and then they're gonna take a year or two off and they'll come back with another season. They get plenty of rest, right? But with One Piece, they don't really get that rest. And the fact that the animation still looks pretty solid, man. Like, it still looks good. I, like, there's been a few times where, you know, I scratched my head during, like, the one work when I was watching it. But for the most part, I mean, excellent. Excellent. Some of my favorite, most hypest moments when they animated them, they, they, did a, they did a fantastic job. So if you haven't watched One Piece, check it out. Now, I will say, One Piece is not for everybody. It's difficult to get people into One Piece because there's so many episodes. You know, I have friends that I really want to watch One Piece, but they just won't watch it. And I accept that it's not for everybody because it's such a long show. I mean, the show has gone on for... I mean, it's been going on since like the 90... Well, what, like 99? Right? 2000? I mean, it's been going on since like forever. And it's still kicking. So I get it, you know, spending a month, two months out of your life to like try to catch up to One Piece can seem very daunting. So it's definitely not for every anime watcher. If you're a casual fan, you're probably not going to watch One Piece, right? But if you're like an enthusiast of anime and you really love watching anime and you, that that's like your, your medium as far as like, that's what you watch for your entertainment. You don't really watch a lot of other stuff. You just typically just watch anime. One Piece is is definitely going to be a surprise for you if you haven't seen it. You're gonna you're gonna like One Piece. Okay, check out the manga. It's the easiest way to get into the show is to read the manga. Read like read the manga, like get like get used to the characters, get used to the story, and then at some point if you want to start watching the anime, you can. Um, but definitely read the manga and then get to a point where you feel like comfortable to watch the anime and then start watching the anime again it's a lot of episodes so i get it you know there's there's people argue like i i like i hear this all the time about one piece so i mean like i've heard it's good but it's too long there's no way i there's no way i can watch it I'd like i can't watch it because it's too long and i'm not gonna argue that with anybody because i get it it is a long show and it's hard 
I don't know if I could get into it today knowing that it I've watched it for so long. I don't know if I could just like randomly get into it considering the like the length of the show. But I will say that if you're an anime enthusiast, check it out. You will like the show. And you will love the manga. I think you'll like the manga more than the show because of pacing. But that doesn't mean the show's bad. So, and now we're going to get into my number one anime, like of all time. Again, probably controversial. And this is a newer show, okay? But I've completely fallen, like, head over heels for this particular show. I have a lot of knowledge about the show because I've read the light novels as well. But I absolutely think that Mashoko Tensei is my favorite anime of all time right now. Like, it may change... Because I feel like a top, like a top 10, it changes over time. I mean, it has to. Because there's shows that come out every season, right? So you, you've got fall, spring, summer. There are all these locations. And these shows are coming out constantly. There's going to be like a really great show at some point that comes out that is like a banger of a show, right? And you can't deny that show a position into your favorites. For some people, it may be like Jujutsu Kaisen, or it may be Demon Slayer, or it may be My Hero, or I don't know. There's a lot of options out there, right? Like Kobayashi's Dragon Maid's really good. There's there's a lot of there's a lot of options for good shows. But for me, Mashoko Tensei is number one. They did something in Mashoko Tensei, as far as the world is concerned, as far as like the world building side of it. The light novel itself is so, like, well-written, right? That, you know, I was curious how they were going to adapt it. When they did adapt it to the anime, you... They they accomplished what took One Piece a thousand-plus episodes or a thousand-plus manga chapters to do. But they accomplished it in 23 episodes or... You know, if you're a light novel reader, they did it in six, right? They did it in six volumes. The world feels alive in Mashoku Tensei. That's something that, like, other shows just, they just don't have. Like, very few of them feel that way. Like, a lot of shows are written on this grand scale. Like, oh, you know, look, like, the like the world's big. Look, like, they're traveling around. But they always run into the same characters. I'll give you a prime example. I watched this show the other day. It's called Wandering Wit- the the Wandering Witch. Okay, Elena. I think it's called Elena the Wandering Witch, or the story of Elena, story of Elaine. Anyway, regardless. So I watched all of that. Okay, I didn't hate the show. Right, probably not gonna watch season two of it if if they have a season two. Probably not gonna read into it too much because. I feel like I got the general vibe of the show, right? But a big complaint I had with the show was like, this world was set up to be big. Like, like this witch is traveling land to land. She's, you know, supposed to be meeting new people. But yet, she always somehow ran into the same sets of people all the time, right? She runs into her teacher several times. She runs into her teacher's friend several times. She runs into this random girl that she, uh, that she befriended several times throughout the story yet they were just in the town together and she travels to another town and this girl is there again i'm like oh my gosh like there's just it never felt big 
even though they tried their hardest to make it feel that way like big map big worldview like lots of new places to go but it never feels truly big because it's the same people being introduced in different episodes all the time that's something that Mishoko Tensei to me as a series does such a good job of because one like the world feels big because Rudy time because you're following Rudy from a child and he grows up from a child to a teenager and throughout the whole time of him being a child teenager he's meeting new people but he's not necessarily seeing them over and over like he meets Sylphie but he doesn't see Sylphie again right he sees Paul early on throughout his childhood but then he doesn't see Paul for like a long time and years and years and years are passing in between in between the next time he sees people and it just adds to that feeling that dude like this world feels big like it literally took him you know several years to make it back from the demon continent back to the central continent I mean it took him like three years you know I mean he doesn't he he had to grow as a character in order to do that and then when he runs into people he hasn't seen in years they also have changed a lot as a character or they've grown or maybe they haven't grown as a character but they've changed in some significant way so it makes the it makes the meetings feel even more like realistic when they do run into each other like you know like like the meeting when he meets his dad again that is such a powerful like moment in the in the light novel and it's so so well done the anime and the fact that that Paul has changed you know he's aged and he's so stressed out and he's so beat down and just like so saddened by the fact that you know he hasn't found his wife yet and he's looked and he's looked he hasn't you know and he's continued to like look and look and look and yet Paul hasn't found him and then he finds Rudius and you're like man you're thinking they should be so happy to see one another and then they fight right they fight each other and you realize that Rudius hasn't seen him since he was five years old, dude. Like he is five the last time he saw his dad. And now he's seeing his he's seeing he's seeing his dad when he's like thirteen. Or twelve, right? Twelve like twelve or thirteen. It's been seven or eight years since he's seen Paul. And it's like little stuff like that makes the makes the world feel big. Like He's not just going to go to one side of the world and magically teleport to the other side and go see his friends or whatever every other episode. And they're not going to keep popping up in and out. No, if he goes to the other side of the world, he has to meet new people, make establish new relationships with people that may or may not be beneficial to him at the time or in the future. They may be beneficial, like you don't know, as like a reader or like an anime-only watcher, you're not sure. But the relationships feel significant. And because the relationships feel significant throughout the show, it's like the byproduct of that, it makes it makes the world feel like bigger than what most shows accomplish. And then another thing too is just the organic feel of the show. Like, I get it, you know, Rudis is perverted and all this stuff. And you can argue the merits of like a you know older person inside the head of Rudis. Or whatever but ultimately if you're dropped into the fantasy world like that where the world where that world is completely different 
than your current world. I mean, you're going to eventually establish, like, that that's the norm or, you know, like, whatever. Like, marrying young, dating young, whatever it may be. Having kids at a young age, all this stuff. Like, that's not... That may not be, like, that's frowned upon maybe now in this current world, right? But not in their fantasy world. This is a fantasy world with different rules and different regulations. You can't, you can't apply modern-day world-like stuff to Michoko Tensei. You just can't. And I like like I think the organic feel of the conversations, like how how Rudius acts, you know, albeit like he's perverted in the beginning, but he definitely grows so much as a character. And his like knowledge helps him grow because he sees, you know, where he is he's lacking as a person. And he grows so much as a character. And he just continues to grow. And like the first season was pretty good, but it wasn't perfect. But then the second season hits and it's, or the, not second season, the second part of, you know, the first season hits. And I think like when I finished that, considering I'd read the first six novels, I, I thirsted for more Mishoko Tensei content because Mishoko Tensei is so good. Right, I had to get my hands on volume seven, volume eight, volume nine, volume ten. Like I want that content, right? And there's just not many shows that that do that for me. I watch a lot of shows and I'm I'm just in and out. Shows okay, like it's forgettable, very forgettable, lots of forgettable anime. But Mashoko Tensei to me is not one of those. It's just such a good show, and I'm just not gonna I'm not gonna deny Mashoko Tensei a spot. For, for me personally, because I because I like the show too much. Um, and like I said, the animation's killer. The soundtrack was killer. I was talking about openings earlier and endings. I really liked how Mashoko Tensei, the anime, did the openings, right? Where it's part of the show. Like, so you get a different opening every time. And, like, you, you have to watch it because they're, they're exploring related content or whatever to what's about to happen in the show so you can't just skip it sometimes they're even talking and you can read the subtitles along with it and you're watching the you're watching this and you're thinking okay they're playing music it should be an opening but you can't but you don't feel like you can skip it i love that idea i wish more shows did that like honestly um the endings were kind of similar to that like i know at the end they were just doing regular endings but there were several endings where like you had to sit there and watch them like, ReZero does a lot of that, where you watch the ending and it continues to play the anime. And the ending just playing in the background. I like shows that do that. But Mashoko Tensei did a fine job. So for me, that's my number one anime right now that I've seen. It's something that I'm super hooked on, obviously. And, yeah. So that's my, like, top ten anime of all time. Now, you can hate it, like it, whatever. Everyone's got their own 10, okay? Everyone's got their own top 20, whatever that may be. But, and there's a lot of shows I left out. The shows we left out are, you know, like Attack on Titan, Demon Slayer, Jujutsu Kaisen. Those are not bad shows. I'm not I'm not going to sit here and rip them or anything like that. Those are all, you know, good shows. There's, there's Naruto, your Bleach Stands. You know, there's lots of good shows out there, right? Um, tons of like romantic stuff that's out there that's really good 
there's lots of you know the original gundam there's tons of good shows man but this would be my top 10 um and i i'm fine with it i really like this um the top 10 that i have here so it is what it is if you have your own top 10 tell me below like in the comments of the podcast tell me what your top 10 is you know um let me know like what your favorite stuff is to watch obviously we're all different and that and that's that's okay that's fun right everyone should be everyone should have their own unique list of stuff but uh i think my next podcast is going to be on volume 11 for Mishoku tensei i'll be reviewing it i know we went over a lot in this uh, episode we went over kind of some 2022 spring anime to look forward to um, i didn't go over everything i know that but again you can go check it out on on google you can literally just type in spring 2022 anime and it'll give you a list of stuff that's available um again we'll see how that goes and i get my top 10 here and uh look forward to the next mishoko tensei volume 11 review and again uh if you like the content subscribe to the podcast so you can get more content like this where we talk about anime and discuss you know favorite animes of all time or maybe maybe even really bad anime right and i and i was actually thinking about doing a podcast about just anime that i would love to see rebooted so so i might be doing that soon too just some anime that i'd love to see rebooted or given a chance to shine in 2022 or 2023 or 2024 because there's a lot of great anime out there that never finished or never got a chance to really show what it's worth i think that if we could give it that it would be fantastic right so yeah so that's that's pretty much it so if you liked it awesome peace out